Welcome to the Geek Cheek Podcast, where we are halfway there. We've almost made it through 2020. Almost? Not really. We're halfway, though, at least. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I'm, I was going to make a living on a prayer joke, but then you said lots of things, so it's like, ah, halfway there. We are. We're. It's been an interesting year already. So we always like to do this episode about halfway through, sometime in June, which we're in June now. Welcome to June, if you didn't realize that, because you've been Man. cooped up, like everybody has. Um. Yeah, but we, we like to cover, like, the things that have come out or that we've experienced for the first time in the first half of the year, because by the time you get to the end of the year, when we do end of the year episodes and everybody else is doing that too, you tend to forget the things in the first six months. So that's kind of why we started doing this, right? Yeah. And it's one of those things where I have such a bad memory that like when I'm talking to Austin and texting and things, he will send me pictures of a dude talking to a brick wall because I forget things and he tells me things over and and over and over again and so like i have to look back at all of the notes just to remember what was going on because even things that i truly loved are already out of my head because my memory is such garbage well and it's just that like so many things come out in any given year that it is really helpful to have this midway point to stop and you know we normally don't rate anything like we can if we want to but this is kind of a a lighter episode than our end of the year where we just talk about what we've liked so far and we kind of hit on a couple things in a bunch of categories and then maybe pick one or two or three to talk a little bit more in depth about and this is almost like our touch point for when we do our end of the year episode because then we only have to look through half a year of show notes plus this one Yep, it's really, really helpful whenever we do that at the end of the year. Like, you can start here because we've already kind of vetted the first half out of the stuff that's like, and eh, it's not really worth talking about again. Yeah, exactly. So we lightly have it categorized so we can get right into it. Um, Let's start with our odds and ends, the stuff that doesn't fit into the other categories we have. <laughs> so for me for this one, um, I have a couple board games that I've been playing with my family this year that have been fun. Uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 1, we're over halfway through it. Um, that's oh, nice. Been, yeah, that's been super fun with the kids. And then the other hit this year that's new to us is The Fox in the Forest, which I know I kind of got you on that one too, right? Yeah, Jennifer and I play it a lot. Like, we haven't been lately. I actually think it's because we've been in quarantine so much together. Like, uh, that was that's our game where uh, we will sit down and be able to play and talk and have a conversation while we're playing and actively do something face to face instead of it being a video game or something like that where you're not paying attention directly to the other player yeah that it's, yeah, it's, it's nice for that it's good but i mean board games are still fun so those are kind of the the new ones for me at the moment you had a couple board games didn't you yeah when uh when everything right before everything exploded uh we i joined a board game night at uh, one of the local game shops and then uh covid happened and uh, we had to kind of stop being around other people but one of the things that we did uh there was we played Arboretum was I was able to bring it at your uh, recommendation and it's just fantastic Uh, I'd never brought Fox in the Forest because the you know it's just a two-player game and that's all that you can uh, play but we played Wingspan which I didn't think was going to be nearly as fun as it was because it's like a bird based board game whereas one of those euro games uh, engine games where you uh it's based on birds and has really pretty artwork and then splendor is also a, a fun one where you're buying gems and you get the cards for the gems uh 
it's hard to it's hard for me to explain because I don't know enough about board games to actually call the mechanics what they are. But you're basically uh, building the the Euro game engine by collecting cards that give you a discount on the uh, stuff that you're able to buy later on, and basically it's nobles watching you uh, and seeing how well you do business. Like it's it's a really really good one, and there's an iPhone app that I actually downloaded uh, because one of my friends uh, that I made there set was so good at it that one of the other guys had to download the uh, iPhone app to beat her. And so I was like, wow, I want to play this game. And so I went and got the uh, iPhone app before I even played the board game because I was like, if it's that good and they do that, I want to play it. Yeah, no, I've played all of those except Wingspan and I've heard good things about Wingspan. So those are all like great recommendations from everything that I know. Um, Outside of board games, other odds and ends that don't really fit as cleanly into categories... Xbox Games Pass, I have to Mm. mention that just because like I've been experimenting with it since right after we did uh, the end of the year episode last year. And it's been really I think it's been good overall. Like it's been mixed with the amount of games there are. But as a value proposition, as as something that has so much potential for the future and especially looking at the next console generation, Xbox Game Pass is just so interesting as a concept. So that one definitely gets a shout out for me. So I was going to ask about Game Pass that I hadn't even looked it up, but I figure that you know the difference here. Uh, Austin and I were talking about it this last week uh, when we were talking about the upcoming consoles. And with Game Pass, you download the 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 game to your machine, to your PC, and you play it just like it were any other digital game that you get. Uh, we were talking about PS Now, where it talks about streaming your games. Um, is the Because that's a service that nobody really talks about that much, that uh, PS Now is just kind of there is it because you don't actually download games for it because i've never tried ps now is it an actual streaming game thing where you don't have to oh gross yeah exactly that's why nobody talks about it it's like stadia it like you stream it Uh, okay Yeah. yeah yeah that's that's why then because yeah it's that's that's gross no playstation feels like it's in desperate need of something to compete with game pass so we'll see once they announce the ps5 which is supposed to happen more formally this week um we'll see if anything comes up around their services because it feels like that's what xbox is really pushing on and it's something that playstation now looks like they're missing because xbox has pushed so far ahead with it so it's just an interesting thing that i know it existed before this year but i've been playing around with it this year um and then outside of that a couple games that don't really like they don't qualify for our games of the year category because i experienced them first in past years but uh fire emblem three houses i'm still picking away at the other paths like i've finished two of them now i have two left that at some point i'll get around to i still love that game fire emblem three houses is amazing and then hitman 2 i know i've talked about it like off and on um throughout our episodes but revisiting hitman 2 and then going back to the legacy pack which has all the hitman 1 levels in it and then i'm gonna dive into the dlc soon which that that maybe will qualify because i haven't actually touched the dlc in past years um but all of that like hitman 2 would definitely be on my games of the year list but i've talked about it in other years it was my game of the year a different year so it doesn't really qualify there yeah that one i uh I'm glad to hear that Hitman is that there is part of Hitman that you're able. Let me see how to how to phrase this. 
I'm glad that there's part of Hitman that you're able to actually continually enjoy and experience something new about because that's not often that any of us find a game that we love as much as you love Hitman and can constantly have something new to go back to. Like, I think it's really neat that that's one that you will probably have something to include in Games of the Year, uh, even though it didn't come out this year, that as much as you've played it is still brand new content for you. And it's not like an MMO or anything like that. Yeah, and I don't often have a forever game, and I don't think this is a forever game, but this is a game that I'm putting so many hours into compared to what I normally do that it definitely warrants a mention, right? Um, yeah. So those are those are kind of most of my odds and ends. The other thing that I have to give a shout out to is that I launched Disney Forever with Katie from the Tea Time podcast, and now she's also on You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop. She has like a million podcasts, um, but Disney Forever is one of them that she and I co-host, and I know I mention it in passing every episode, but, you know, we're actually trying to, like, watch through the entire Disney back catalog of feature films, right? Because if you were trying to do everything Disney, that would take you forever if you went to every cartoon and every film and every TV show. And that that seems... Uh, a little insurmountable but we're trying to go back through and watch every single disney feature film and then just give like our reactions and a little bit of history and talk about each one um so that's a really fun project we'll see how long it lasts i mean there's a ton of disney movies so that podcast is probably going to go for a while but it's one that kind of might have a finite end depending on how fast disney puts out content and how often we release episodes but i launched that this year and i'm just super happy with that and katie and i have a lot of fun with it yeah, that one's super neat. I love the chat on Slack and Discord whenever a real a real good discussion has started and I learn things. Like I'm I'm going to say I don't listen to the podcast because I don't really listen to any podcast. Uh, I'm I'm that podcaster, but uh whenever something comes out, I see the discussion around it. And so I love it. I cannot wait. I always love when those episodes come out so that I can see what people are saying about it. Yeah, it's super fun. But that's kind of it for my odds and ends. Um, I know you talked about board games. What else do you have for yours? Um, I got to scroll down. Um, we went and saw Hamilton this year. So I guess that's oh, yeah. really it for the odds and ends that uh, in January, that was really our Christmas gift to each other was that a live show of Hamilton came through uh, Nashville and we went and uh, stayed the night and... Uh, paid for the hotel and ended up uh, getting good seats like that was the thing like we could get kind of bad seats for a Hamilton show and they would be expensive or they would be decent seats at a Hamilton show, live show and they would actually be not that much more expensive in proportion so it was a fantastic night like the only thing that we both talked about is jennifer really did not like the guy who played hamilton that he was a very different kind of hamilton than lynn was and we're uh, like we're used to that from the soundtrack and so when he was so starkly different it was it was a little jarring but i liked him by the end of the night and i can't remember his name i would have to go check the playbill that they handed out but i know he was hamilton in chicago for a little while but he was very it feels i want to say stilted but really it's just more dry than lens he was very uh uh stiff but it felt after a little bit i realized like i think that was a choice but Jennifer didn't like him, uh, but I did. Uh, but it makes me really excited to see the live, not the live show, but I guess the original cast recording of Hamilton when it comes out on July 3rd uh, on Disney+. Plus. 
finally getting to see that. Oh my God, we're back to the best month of the year to hear you pronounce out loud. I almost forgot. It's time for July. Um, I'm also excited. I'd totally forgotten about that, about July. (laughs) Yes, I forgot too. I I forget every year until we get around to it. Um, No, I'm excited for that too. I really want to see the live show when it comes out. Like that's on my calendar as my wife and I are going to watch that on July 3rd when it comes out. Yep. Oh yeah, that that is almost certainly what's going to happen either during the day or that night. Like I, I don't know, I honestly know what day, uh, like what day of the week it is. It's on a Friday. But, uh, oh yeah, then hardcore. That's what we're doing that night. Yeah, not that I'm paying super close attention. I absolutely am. Nope. I'm excited for nope, it. Not at all. Cool. Um, yeah, that's it for our odds and ends. So we can get into our you know movies, books, games, all that typical stuff. But since we're not doing geekery, this is probably a, a quick place to just say you can support the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, Patreon.com slash geek to geekcast funds our show. It helps with the hosting. It goes back into the network so we can expand the network. And speaking of the network, we have a bunch of podcasts. We have a bunch of streamers. We have the geekery blog. You can get all of that and more at geek to geekmedia.com or go to geek to geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent right to you so you don't have to hunt it down uh it's fantastic so okay <laughs> movies tv shows <laughs> all the things that you can watch why don't you kick us off with this one okay so i was going back through and looking at the notes and i was like well i haven't watched a whole lot of tv this year like and then it re- i realized yeah apparently i have dude and so narrowing it down the first one i had to mention at all was the witcher that i fell super hard into the witcher whenever i started watching it because i was stuck in an airport all weekend like of the three days uh where i'd flown to phoenix for a word camp i was in the airport for 31 of them and it was just horrible but the witcher got me through it like when i realized that i could download stuff onto my phone and really pass the time uh by 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 watching it it. I wanted to figure out what it was about uh, because I honestly had no clue. Like I said, the episode we did on it, other than uh, Henry Cavill has white hair and fights monsters. So I loved it. Like it is such a good show and I cannot get my wife to watch it. Okay. Why not? Like I, I, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, she's never in the mood for it. Like, because it looks so much like in tone to game of Thrones that she doesn't want anything that serious. And it just doesn't really appeal to her. And I'm just like, no, but it's so good. And like it, it is, I'm really wanting to do a rewatch of that season sometime because it is one of the best TV shows I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's on my list too for this section. It's not one that I don't know. I don't know if it'll make like my end of the year list, but I, I was slow to warm to it. But by the end of the season, I was invested and I liked it a lot. And I'm excited to see what season two looks like. Like at at this point, I'm excited for season two, but I think season one was a really slow, wasn't even a slow burn for me. It just took me a long time to like warm up to it. And I think that came through in the episode that we did about it, like where I was sitting with it and how I was feeling. Um, but it's definitely a good show. I'm glad that I watched it. Yeah, and so that one was awesome. I know that you've listed it, and I actually forgot that I had watched it this year. Like, that was one of the things, like, you listed Watchmen under yours, the HBO show. Yep. And I forgot that that was this year that it watched it, because everything's been such a blur. And right now, I've really 
really thought about going back and rewatching it uh, just because of all of the political stuff that's going on in the world, uh, because it's so based in uh, what is actually going on outside right now um, with looking back historically at uh, like race relations and uh, violence and things like that. It'll be it's really interesting that I've been like thinking about Watchmen as I see things on the news and I'm like, man, I really should. Uh, I really, really should go watch that. And then the other night uh, or the other day, Jennifer and I were actually driving up uh, to pick up Austin and Grace because they had come up to Tennessee and Alabama uh, because of a family emergency. And uh, we were actually going to pick them up because they stayed with us. And we were just talking about the news. And uh, Jennifer just like, like, yeah, man, we sure could use a giant squid right about now. And I just died laughing. I was like, yeah, where's Adrian Veidt when we need him, right? And uh, like Watchmen kind of just became shorthand for us because it was so good. So until I saw that in your notes, I was like, man, that was this year. It was so good. That's that's maybe the best TV show I've seen this year. Yeah, it was really good. I I don't think for me it's like a blanket recommendation. And I don't know if it's going to make my like, you know, uh, end of the year list. But it's definitely right. one that uh, it was really well done. You can tell that it's a really good show and very well put together. It made me think a lot, which is a good thing. And it has stuck with me. Like, I've thought about it a lot after watching it, which is always it's always worth noting, right? Even if it isn't just a blanket, oh my God, amazing, everybody has to watch it because I don't think it's quite there, but it is really good and it's really interesting and it'll make you think. And like you said, it does have direct, like uh, it, it ties into so much of what's going on with the world right now so yeah yeah it's on my list for for sure in some respect i just don't know like where it lands yeah that's kind yeah i get it like that's i would not recommend this to everyone it is a very specific kind of show yeah but for the people who fall into who should watch it it is delightful like in the not the normal way I use that word, but it is it's meaningful. Like, I think there that this go. is just well put together and it is actually science fiction at its best. Like, it yep. does what science fiction is supposed to do. Yeah, that's a that's a good way of saying it. Um, And then last night, actually, we, we watched Us, the uh, Jordan Peele movie. And uh, we were we were sitting around and we um, I think it was last night, wasn't it? Or was it night before? Yeah, it was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. It wasn't the uh, it was two nights ago. So two nights ago, we watched Us, the Jordan Peele movie. And I had been meaning to watch this for a while. This came at uh, like super highly recommended by Austin because uh, we both like horror movies. And so I I wanted to watch it, but I wanted to watch Get Out first before. And so Jennifer and I sat down, uh, I think it was last year, and watched Get Out and it was fantastic. Magnificent horror movie. And again, dealing with a lot of the sociopolitical issues that, that we're dealing with now. And then Us uh, came out like much after it, and Austin loved it, said it was a better movie, and we just never got to it. Last night, or the night before last, we were sitting around. I was like, what do y'all want to do? And we started talking about Us. So we sat down and we watched Us. Um, And it is one of the most well-crafted horror movies. Like, the cinematography and acting are just 
brilliant the way it's put together that every last thing in there is put together for a reason it's one of those movies that you can watch and you can see how deliberate that the filmmakers were on making sure everything was exactly like it needed to be and you would hate it like as soon as i wanted to text you about it, i was like don't watch this movie if it's on your list like you will absolutely hate it it's like a mix between a weird dystopian uh alternate reality and a home invasion movie i was just like you will not like this in any way like you will find the concept super interesting like if you made it all the way through it i know you will not like this movie and you will not enjoy watching it yeah no i'm i'm safe to skip that one i think but for people who like horror movies seriously if you haven't watched us i really really suggest uh getting to it that i've heard people say that it's a jordan peele movie that doesn't have a uh, like a political message have any kind of social message and it does like it's stuck with you the uh the stuck with us uh the biggest recommendation that grace could give us austin's wife was i don't really think about movies she said she was like i just not, i watch movies but they don't i don't usually sit and like contemplate them she said this one stuck with her and she just kept thinking about for days and days and days and would just find herself going back to it and she was like and i don't do that and uh i was like that's let's watch that then because that sounds awesome and it's exactly like that just very quickly uh alter carbon season two came out it was fantastic uh i love cyberpunk those are that's one of my favorite series of books uh so i absolutely had to uh recommend alter carbon season two when it came out and then at the same time it came out i read the novel to go along with it like side by side and uh like that was a really interesting way to uh, experience the tv show uh because you saw i would never done that before to see how they paired up with the adaptation and it was just a really really good adaptation and then the uh, unbreakable kimmy schmidt finally released the absolute finale of it the last season of the show wasn't that great and kind of left it in a weird place the movie is an interactive movie where you kind of choose your own path through it and uh it's hilarious it's great and if y'all have not watched it uh and you're a fan of unbreakable kimmy schmidt you absolutely should because it's the ending the show deserves cool yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, movies and TVs and stuff, Watchmen and The Witcher, like we mentioned, um, I don't think either will make the cut at the end of the year for me, but they were both good in different ways, and I'm really glad I watched them. The other one that's just awesome and fantastic, and I want to talk about it a lot, is Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, but I'm going to wait until you right. watch it, because I, I'd really like to do an episode about that. Um, I know we were talking about that actually the other night, that we've got to get on to watching that, that Jennifer and I both really want to see it. I am pretty sure that what they have done with this is going to revolutionize film and TV making going forward, and this is coming from me because I have a production background, and looking at what they did i was blown away by how they stitched things together um it the technology and oh it it's a whole okay i have a whole episode worth to talk about so i'm gonna just pause <laughs> on that until you watch it because i have so many right. thoughts and it's amazing what they were able to do but anyway if you guys have watched the mandalorian but you haven't watched the disney gallery the mandalorian it's basically a behind the scenes series 
um, episode by episode where they dive into different aspects of it. And it's really, really good. It's amazing. Um, the other ones that stuck out to me were the I found a new YouTube channel uh, that was like right at the end of the year, but it was after we, re- we recorded our end of the year episode. It's called Corridor Crew. And I don't like everything on the channel, but there's one specific series they do that's called VFX Artists React to Bad and Great CG. And it's just fantastic. I've watched literally every single one of them and I've loved everyone because it gets into that behind the scenes production stuff and it's these guys who are visual effects artists and they're professionals at it and it's them analyzing cg and why it's working or why it's not working or what they would do differently or it's just so fascinating to like hear them pick stuff apart like that and it's all it's not mean-spirited right you can do picking stuff apart and just tear it down it's not that it's like they talk about it because they love it so much and it's coming from that kind of place where it's a positive like energy to the show and i appreciate that a lot that makes a big difference in what I want to watch. One of the reasons I like, I don't usually like reaction videos is because it's people reacting and then usually getting angry or something or, or, or knocking it in some way. And I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Like, I don't want that kind of negativity. And then I'll find things like a lot of them are like, uh, doctor reacts to uh surgery scenes in tv and film and i'm like i'm gonna watch that because i know that those channels particular channels will put together like informative uh and entertaining videos so something like this sounds right up my alley i'm actually going to subscribe to corridor crew right now yeah it's amazing so that specific series within that channel is really really good um and then the other thing that i know i've talked about kind of to death already in past episodes was uh the clone wars finale and it was the last story arc specifically so it's not even the whole season seven even though season seven was fine overall um the first couple arcs were just more clone wars but the last four episodes the last four uh ever basically they make up the final story arc and it is essentially a self-contained star wars movie you need no prior knowledge going into that one you can just walk into those last four episodes and you would be fine you can just watch it like a movie back to back and it's fantastic like i want more people to watch it because it was so good it's some of the best star wars that i've seen in years and years I absolutely have to get to that. I haven't been in a Star Wars mood is really the only reason I haven't. So I'm I'm really, uh, really excited to see it because of you are not anywhere near the only person who has basically told me the exact same thing on it. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, okay, let's flip over to books. What do you got for books? So I haven't been reading that much this year. You know, I said the Broken Angels uh, thing when I followed along with the season two of Altered Carbon. And then I've been listening to The Last Emperor by John Scalzi. Uh, I'm slowly going through it because I'm lazy and haven't been walking or running as much outside. So that's when I let myself listen to audiobooks. And so I'm getting back to that this week once the tropical storm rain gets out of the way completely. And then I've finally finished my very very first manga like book volume with the dq monsters the dragon quest monsters plus volume one that was my very first fully finished manga book like i had never done that before i'd read individual chapters here and there but never fully through and so i was proud of myself i finished one cool good job that 
it was good. I liked it. And so I'm going to order the second one of it. I really like it. And I also uh, ordered the, I was looking around on Amazon and ordered the Final Fantasy Lost Stranger manga that you had talked about for a while. And uh, I'd actually remembered it a little bit differently. Um, and I'm still very early on, so I still might be completely wrong with it. But um, it's uh, it was... It's based on Final Fantasy fourteen and uh, the world and everything, and it, it's talking about that very early on. And for some reason, my brain had it that it was just a a random kind of hodgepodge Final Fantasy world of uh, that he fell into and kind of uh, wound up in, I guess. And so I'd forgotten that it was Final Fantasy fourteen, so I kind of had to adjust my expectations of what the art and everything was going to look like. Yeah, that was good. Very, I like that one. Very weird so far. Like, uh, I'm not the early on. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. I didn't like the way the writing was. And then once he got into the Final Fantasy uh, world, it became a lot easier for me to uh, get a handle on. So I do like it. I look forward to finishing that one, too, because it's cool. like when you finished it, have you finished all of it? Like, is it a complete series now or is it still ongoing? No, it's not complete, but there's a. Uh there's a definitely a first arc that's complete that'll give you like a feel for the overall story okay cool yeah i look forward to it because it uh i've been uh like kind of uh chipping away at it day by day uh instead of sitting down and just reading it for uh an hour or two but it's it's really nice i like it so far cool um i have more than enough books to make up for your lack this year (laughs) just because i overcompensated because i barely read it all last year and i felt really bad about that um, I think in Goodreads, where I'm tracking it, I now am over like 100 books for the year that I've either read or I read enough of that I marked it as finished because I'm never going to actually go back and read it. So, uh, yeah, you know, out of books that I've actually finished, like start to finish, I'm probably getting close to 50 ish, which is a lot for me in one year. And I mean, that, one yeah. half year, you know, Um so yeah, so some of the standout ones, and I'm not going to linger on any one of them because there's so many, but uh, Dan Carlin, The End is Always Near. That's the one where I talked about it's like all the ways that civilization can come to an end. And one of the chapters in there is about pandemics. It came out before any of this happened. So it's kind of, oh man, I'm tempted to go back and just read that chapter and be like, ooh, what did he say before we knew any of this that we know now? Um, so with that, uh, with that in particular, like, did you listen to it or read it? Uh, I listened to it. Most of these I listened to or I had a combination of listening and reading. Okay, that's what I was actually curious about because non it being nonfiction, I could see uh, it being something like really cool to listen to. But sometimes you can get certain books where it's like when it's really broken up like that, where it's like all these different ways, uh, it can feel very disjointed when you're listening to an audiobook like that. And it's better to pick it up and put it back down uh, physically. So I was just curious. No, it was really good. So yeah, Dan Carlin, The End is Always Near. Um, there's a book called The Fold, which I know I've talked about before, but it's kind of like near future sci-fi with alternate realities and they think that they're just learning how to teleport between point a and point b but really they're moving between realities and it's everything that like flows out of that premise which is fun um giant days which is a comic series that i read a bunch of volumes of all of the ones that were available as part of that like trial that i did with comiXology unlimited but that's just this slice of life of like canadian college girls and i didn't think it would grab me as much as it did but it was super compelling once i got into it um the calculating stars which is the first book in the lady astronaut series it's actually called that the lady astronaut series and it's this alternate history 1950s space program 
after a meteor impact happens and it kind of changes the world and it reprioritizes space travel in a way that didn't happen in real life so it's everything that happens after that essentially um and then dooku lost it was this full cast audio like quote unquote book but it's a lot more than that it's this really good production quality audio drama that was produced for audio first instead of written as a book first and it shows uh, like it's it's truly an audio drama produced to be listened to so that was a fantastic one to grab through audible um so those are kind of my quick hit ones in here yeah that one i'd forgotten was produced for audio first like i had for some reason in my head when i saw it on your list i was like oh yeah that dooku book and then it was like no that was when i saw this stuff it was like no that one was all audio like that's that's and that's saying a lot because of star wars putting out such high quality normal audiobook productions too right yeah this is i think one of their first ones that they actually intended it to be audio first and a, a book secondary so that was it was interesting but it's so high quality in its production values that it was fantastic um and then a couple that i wanted to highlight that might actually like make my end of the year lists the one is this is how you lose the time war and it's it's these like future time agents on opposite sides of a time war and it's an audiobook and I loved listening to it, but this is the one that I mentioned to you where I don't think I could ever actually read this as an actual like book and reading the right. words. It's like you almost need to let the prose wash over you. And this is one of those books where it's not a blanket recommendation, but it's one where I've just thought about it so much after finishing it that I probably need to go re-listen to it. Um, but at the very least, it's something different, right? It's something new and different that's taken up a lot of my mental like space and energy after reading it. So it gets a shout out here. Yeah, I mean, that one sounds so cool. Like just the way you've always described it basically basically makes me think of the audiobooks that I love the most, the way that it's put together. Yeah, it was cool. Um, another one in here is The Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And this is me trying to branch out and do more than just sci-fi and fantasy books. Um, so I picked this up. You know, it's nonfiction. It's a memoir from Bob Iger, who was the CEO of Disney for over 15 years. And it's it's probably one of my favorite books I've read this year. Um you know, so much of it is just real world events and how he dealt with things and how he came up in his professional career. But a lot of the management things in there, like I've taken away and I've thought about because I can apply them to my own life because that's where I'm at in my career now. It's not like a self-help book. It's not like a here's how you manage people book. It's just that that's what I took away from it. Um, so that's another one that I put a lot of mental thought into for this year. Uh, and then the last one in this, like, I, you know, recommendation category is Scythe. And Scythe is the one where I just don't know how to describe it. Like, the premise is new and it's different, but the high-level concept around it is these situations of life and death in, like, a near-future sci-fi fantasy world, something like that. Um, it's It's amazing. Like, it has made me think more than any other book that I've read in years and years. And also I love the narrative of this first book all the way through. Like I'm probably going to rewatch or re-listen or reread this one. And I almost never do that. And you sent me the synopsis of it, like the back cover synopsis of it. And it sounds so different from the way you described it too. Like the way that it's put together is just, I think it really is one of those books that I'm going to have to read to really wrap my head around. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. And maybe I, that one is going to make my end of the year list. Maybe I'll have to just pull something from Wikipedia to describe it from there because I keep failing yeah. at it. 
Oh, and I mean, it's not even that it's that that's not even you failing at it. It's even reading that back cover copy. I'm like, I see what you mean. And then I talk to you about it and it's like, hmm, I've got experience. It's just to know exactly how it all ties together. Yeah, it's so good. I love that book. Um, that's kind of it for books then. So how about games? I know probably your main game that you want to talk so th- about. Yeah, so the main game I've played is Animal Crossing New Horizons, like yep. pretty much everybody else. Um, it is fun that I'd never played one of these before. I'd never played an Animal Crossing game at all, never really understood the appeal. And then I get locked into my house and need an escape. And all of a sudden, I love my little island full of animals. And it's great. Like, I... Y'all, y'all have heard us talk about Animal Crossing. You've heard me. You've seen the entire world do it. So I'm not going to go go on and on about it. But I've put in more time on it now than any other game on the Switch, and potentially maybe ever, except for an MMO, because I'm at over 300 hours. I think uh, like 285 to 300 on my Switch account, and then Jennifer is at over 350. Like she surpassed me on playing it. Like she liked it so much. So um, it's made me really appreciate those kind of slice of life games so i tried things like my time at porsche uh harvest moon i went back to stardew valley and learned realized that it really is not for me as much as i love the concept uh but rune factory 4 is fantastic and uh while i don't think it will be a you know game of the year or anything like that it's basically uh it is literally a fantasy harvest moon where you can go into dungeons uh it's made me realize that heart wrote it's made me realize that Rune Factory 5, when it releases for Switch later this year, uh, is absolutely a day one purchase. It is going to be so awesome. Like, I loved that game and still do uh, and think that the fifth one, when it's made specifically for the Switch, is just going to knock it out of the park. Sweet. Yeah, I'm glad that you kind of found new genre for yourself with all those. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I'm uh, I'm excited to be able to play and work through those. Um, I'm, the one I'm looking forward to probably the most right now is actually Ever Oasis on the 3DS. Uh, I bought it and haven't really been able to spend the time I want to with it, but I, I love the demo of it when I finally got into it. Um, there's Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I think we've done three episodes on now. Something so there's like not that. A, there's not a whole lot else left to say like that, that we well there's a lot more left to say we probably shouldn't because we have three episodes on it so um it is a fantastic game i i'm eating crow i absolutely think it is a fantastic game a few quibbles here and there but i was wrong on them uh uh just the way that they were pushing it out and everything uh it's a good game really really good y'all should play it if you're a final fantasy fan yeah i agree that one's on my list too i don't know what more to uh talk about for that one i mean i'm sure at the end of the year we'll recap it but for right now we've done so much recently but yeah that's definitely on the list yeah so if you're a uh if you haven't listened to those go back and listen to those three uh we're big fans and then uh playing dragon quest 10 this year the japanese mmo uh it's super weird that i keep bouncing on and off of it uh it's uh Austin being here got me to recreate a character and then play it a little bit more. And uh, I did realize that part of my problem with the game outside of it being in Japanese was that I didn't like the area that I started in and the class that I chose. So I got a new class. I got a new uh, a new race and really uh, like it a lot more and uh, started playing a thief instead of a mage. And I 
think the game is beautiful. And I know enough people online now who are actually playing through the Japanese version uh, who can help me through it and talk to them about it. And I think I'll end up playing it more than I did uh, now that uh, I've seen some of the later stuff and uh, have talked to people and know how a few things work a little bit better. But I still wish it were in English. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair. That's very fair. Maybe someday it'll come here, but it doesn't really look like it. Doesn't seem like it. And because of that and other games, it's made me start looking back at Japanese uh, because I'd started trying to learn hiragana and kana and everything. And then I'd stopped because Jennifer and I were planning on going to Italy for our 10 year anniversary. And then like the week before we made plans, it was uh, it was basically when uh, COVID came and really, really started taking off and uh, spreading and Italy got shut down really hard. And so we're like, well, we're not going to Italy for another couple of years, it looks like. And so I was like, I'm going to put the thinking about that language on the back burner and really get back into Japanese. So maybe I'll be able to recognize some words and things like that as I play 10 by learning and doing that. So we'll see. That's cool. That's really cool. Um I have, it's kind of interesting. So Final Fantasy VII's on here. Like we said, uh, we've talked about that a bunch. That'll definitely be end of the year discussion uh, in one respect or another. Um, outside of that, another one I wanted to give a shout out to was a short hike. If you have like $5 and two hours and you just want a lovely game start to finish, go buy a short hike. Uh, last time I checked, it's on Steam and it might be on, I don't know, Epic Game Store or Itch.io or... I don't think it's on any consoles. I think it's PC only, but I, I love that game. It was just this short little perfect two hours that I spent with it. And that's all that it was start to finish. Um, so a short hike was really good. I've got to try that one. Like I, I forgot all about it and then I saw it on your list. I'm like, oh yeah, I would love that. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, besides that, I mean, a lot of these are Game Pass games that I kind of experienced for the first time this year. So um, a couple of the callouts there because... I played literally every Game Pass game that was available on Xbox One, and I keep doing that as they release more. Well, I mean, I play a lot of them for five or ten minutes, so it's like, whatever. I mean, that's true. But, like, I want to pause right here and take a sidebar and just ask, that reminds me, are you still subscribed to Apple Arcade? Uh, Yes, because my kids keep playing it. Okay. Uh, that when you talked about Game Pass and trying every one of them, it reminded me of you doing that initially. And so I was just curious. I haven't heard you mention it or anything. So, okay, carry yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, so a couple of the standouts after playing like all of them were uh, Halo, the Master Chief Collection. That's a really, really good like Halo experience or offering or I don't even know. It's like every Halo game from Halo 4 and then before that. So remastered and brought to you um it's all there i mean i've beaten all those games so i don't really want to replay through all of them but it's awesome that it's there and it's available for people and then halo 5 i did play through all of that this year because it was on game pass um that was fun i mean it was more halo but it was fun and then uh two of my highlights from it from game pass were uh, streets of rage 4 and minecraft dungeons and both of those are because i got to do a ton of co-op with my kids and I've just loved that. I mean, we're still actively playing Minecraft Dungeons, but we beat Streets of Rage 4 one of the days that my brother came over and there were four of us playing. Um, But yeah, just couch co-op games were so much fun on that system. I'm actually surprised you're still playing Minecraft Dungeons. I'm not sure why, but I expected that one to be one you quickly fell off of uh, based on some of the other stuff I've read from people playing it. Well, Um, I don't play it alone. I play it with them, right? True. So it's like we will sit down and play one or two levels together, and then we won't play it for a couple days. So it's not one that we're like diving deep into eight hours a day every day or anything. It's like two hours every couple days, and that's how we're playing it. Okay, I can see that. 
yeah so it's really fun for that just to play with the kids um and then the surprise one on game pass that might make my end of the year list which is crazy to think about is crackdown 3 because Hmm. i i don't know it just scratched the right itch for me for an open world i always think about them as map games now we said that once in an episode and it just like stuck in my brain but the kind of games where you can open the overworld map and there's just a bajillion things to do and you can just zone out and do them one after another and just pick away at them and it's it's not never ending but it would take you hours and hours and hours to do and that's kind of what I did. I didn't 100% it. I didn't get the you know Xbox equivalent of a platinum on it. But I put lots of hours into it just listening to podcasts and listening to audiobooks and just kind of mm. zoning out and enjoying picking away at the map on the world and just doing thing after thing. Um, it, it was just, it clicked for me. And I'm super surprised because I think that game is like three years old at this point, maybe older than that. Um, but I enjoyed my time with it a lot. So that was my biggest like game pass surprise. Yeah, I had completely forgotten about that game, actually. You know, it, again, it's a game that if you kind of disconnect your brain and zone out, it's a really right. good game for what it is. And then the the last one that I absolutely have to highlight is Maneater. It is, yeah. as of right now, that and Final Fantasy VII Remake are like the two that are battling for my game of the year, which is just ridiculous to think about that those are the two. Um I love Maneater. It's fantastic. You get to be a shark and chomp a bunch of stuff and then level up and become a bigger shark and get superpowers as a shark and then eat more things. Like, it's so simple in concept, but there's something about it that's utterly charming. And I, I absolutely love Maneater. It's so much fun for me. That, yeah, that's so strange that Final Fantasy VII Remake is right there beside Maneater uh, because they're so different and they do scratch completely different itches and fall into completely different categories. But it's like you don't hear those like mentioned as being like equivalent games very often or ever. And so I think it's neat that there is a chance that Maneater could edge out on like Final Fantasy 7 remake as being the better game of the year the one you have more fun with it like might I, and that sticks with you it might I don't know I need I need another six months to let that thought percolate before I uh, make any kind of decision and also we'll see what happens this fall with the new consoles and new game releases and all of the releases that have been pushed back into fall now because of COVID yep. like who knows what the rest of 2020 looks like yeah that's also very true yeah so with that uplifting thought that's probably it for this week uh, <laughs> you guys can write to us with comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek to geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek to geekcast we also have great discussions on slack discord and reddit you can go to geek to geekmedia.com for invite links and while you're there be sure to check out all of the other content on the network I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And you can listen to me talk even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, y'all. 